So, boy, it's a, it's a blessing. <clears throat> All right, you got your Bibles tonight. Genesis chapter number 13 is, uh, we, we left off at verse uh, number 13, 14, uh, <clears throat> this morning. I told you when you come back tonight, we was going to look at the promises that Abram got after he had separated from Lot. Uh, we talked about how Lot chose the best land, but boy, God gave Abram the rest of the land. So tonight we want to look at that and uh, ask, uh, ask that you would please uh, uh, bow for a word of prayer uh, tonight. And let's go to the Lord in prayer, asking to bless the service, bless the reading of his word, and we'll get into the message. So let's pr- pray tonight. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity, God, just to come before your presence again tonight. Lord God, I ask that you would use this time, uh, God, to speak to your people. God, I pray that you would help us to receive from this word, God, uh, what you've got instilled and planned for tonight. Help us to leave here with a better understanding of your great promises that you've given to us. And Father, help us to walk in victory tonight, not to walk in defeat, because God, you've, you've given us a promise of surety. So tonight, I pray, Lord, you'd help us uh, to grasp that, to walk in victory, to leave this place better than which we came. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So tonight... Uh, we've been talking about Abram and uh, Abraham during this series on Abraham. And uh, just a little recap tonight. Abram is a man uh, that's walking with God, of, uh, of course. And uh, he had a misadventure. He went down to Egypt. He, he, uh, the, but it's behind him now. He's, he's back in the place of blessing and he's back in the place of walking by faith. And uh, we've seen that his growth in God, and we saw that this morning when he gave Lot the choice of which land he was going to take. He was fully trusting the Lord that no matter what Lot chose, that God was going to take care of him. So uh, the dispute that arose was over land. Uh, the herds and cattle not being able to be fed, those sorts of things. But Abram was willing to take the second place. And uh, he placed the needs of Lot ahead of his own needs. And he knew that God's grace was going to be sufficient for the needs that Abram had. Uh, let me go ahead and say this. Uh, that it, 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 This is how you can absolutely know that you are growing as a child of God. When you can willingly turn or lose your rights and privileges for the good of someone else, you know that, boy, you're on your way. Uh, when you're willing to uh, put your needs aside in order to meet the needs uh, of someone else, uh, boy, you can really know that God is working inside of you because by natural, we don't do that. By natural, we were pretty selfish people. Uh, but when we begin to allow God to work in our hearts and we begin to put our desires aside in order to meet a need of someone else, we know that God is w- uh, working in us. So after this incident with Lot, uh, Abram, he's left alone with his wife. Uh, his servants are there. His possessions are there. 
But as I read and studied and prayed this past week in preparation, I began to wonder that, uh, boy, it must have been pretty difficult uh, for Abram at this time. Two reasons. One was, it's always difficult when you separate from flesh and blood. It's always difficult, no matter what the circumstances or situation is, separations can be difficult. Amen? Uh, I know that uh, uh, you've probably got some family, I've had some family that you just had to separate yourself from. There's been times in your life where there's been people you just had to set, and it hurts, especially when it's family, to separate yourself from them. Because just as Abram told Lot earlier, let us not have strife, let us not fuss and fight, we are brethren. Sometimes separation is a good thing, but it's a thing that hurts. I got to thinking about Abraham, and I'm, I'm sure that he felt uh, bad or felt uh, upset because him and Lot had to separate under the conditions but I also began to wonder how it made Abraham feel. I mean, you think about it, Lot chose the bigger, the nicer piece of the pie. Yeah. Amen. I, so I began to think about that in my prayer and I began to ask God, God, I, how must Abraham have felt when he was basically took advantage of? How many have ever been taken advantage of? How does that make you feel when somebody takes advantage of you? You don't feel great, does it? And it doesn't feel great at all for somebody to take advantage. So I began to think about that, and uh, you think about what happened there. Even though Abram, being the man of God he was, he, he, he pushed aside his needs for the needs of Lot. But like any person, when you sit back and begin to think of things, I promise you this. You may sow a good seed in faith, but if you allowed the devil to get come and talk to you about it, he'll have you convinced you were done wrong. He'll have you on a pity pot. He'll have you upset. He'll have you mad. And boy, next thing you know, what you tried to do in faith, you're now ready to fight over. That's not Abram, but I begin to think about how he felt about it. I mean, you think about this tonight. How often do we see wickedness prosper today? How much do we, how does it make you feel as a child of God? And how does it make me feel as a child of God when I see wickedness in the world that seems to prosper and I see children of God that seems to go needs unmet or whatever? And this is the reason that all this was on my mind. Because what was going on with Abram is, look what takes place as soon as everything is over. And that's where we pick up in verse 14. We see God come and visit him. Now, notice with me, God, when he comes and visits Abraham, he, he doesn't bring him a casserole to help him get over it. He doesn't uh, bring him a pie and say, it's okay, this will take care of your sadness, go sit around and eat. But he brings him a promise. During difficult times, when I feel like I've been taken advantage of, when I feel, I'm glad to know that 
one visit from God can turn a bad experience into a time of grace and blessing. I'm glad to know tonight uh, that there may be mourning for a season. There may be mourning uh, for a night. But I'm glad that I serve a God that joy comes in the morning. And I began to look at Abram and I began to think, I bet you he was a little upset. I bet he was a little, uh, uh, things were difficult in his life and maybe he felt taken advantage of. But the next thing we know, here comes God. Tonight, I want to preach to you on these promises. And I want to allow God to use me to speak to your heart tonight. Maybe you're in that situation tonight. Maybe you feel like, man, I've been taken advantage of. Maybe you feel like I got the small piece of the pie. Maybe you feel like I got the uh, other end of the stick. I didn't get the good part. I want you to know that God's got a promise for you. God's got a promise for you. Look with me, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, I got this underlined in my Bible, after Lot had separated from him. That's how I know there were some things going on in Abram's life, because after Lot had separated, here comes God. After Lot had separated from him, he says, Lift your eyes now. I feel like preaching tonight. Notice that he did not say lift your eyes while Lot was with him. Notice he did not say lift your eyes uh, uh, when Lot was thinking about leaving. He said after all it's said and done, he said now it's time to look around. Lift your eyes now. And look, from the place where you are, in other words, look where you're at. North, south, east, and west. For all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants forever. <laughs> Let me give you a side note. I am glad I am a descendant of Abraham. <laughs> If you're born of the Spirit of God tonight, let me go ahead and tell you, you are a descendant. So in other words, child of God, don't put your head in the sand. Look north, look south, look west, and look east. Everywhere you see, it belongs to you, child of God. Don't let the devil take anything from you. God has already said, it is yours. He said, look around, Abram. Everything that you see is yours. And it's going to be your descendants forever. You know what forever means? Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> oh. And he says in verse 16, And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could, rem if man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. In other words, they ain't going to be able to count it. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Abram moved his tent and he went and dwelt by the tambourine trees of Mamar. Mamre, which are in Hebron, and bought and built an altar there 
to the Lord. Here we have God choosing to renew some promises that Abram may have forgotten. You know how easy it is in our spirituality of how easy it is for you and I to forget things when we're going through the heat of the battle. You know how easy it is when things don't go our way, how easy it is to forget what God's already given us. Here, God comes to Abram in this kind of condition and says, Abram, I want you to know, Lot may have taken the good part that you think is good. It may look good on the outside, but I want you to know that everywhere you look, it belongs to you now. Number one, if you're taking notes with me, I want us to look at the four little things uh, tonight, four or five, and we'll get done. First of all, I want you to look at the confirmation of God's word. Now, when you look at the events, the verses 7 through 11, you can see that it looked like Abram gets the short end of the stick. You see verses 10 and you see verses 14. It both, it, both of them tell Abram, it tells Lot and tells Abram to lift up their eyes. But what they saw is two different things. When Lot opened his eyes in verse number 10, he saw the world. He saw, uh, he saw everything the world had to offer. But when Abram opens his eyes in verse 14, I want you to see that he sees the promised land. He sees something totally different. Uh, Lot sees uh, greed and lust, uh, but Abram looks with a heart that is driven by a sacrificial love of unity. Lot looked through the eyes uh, connected to a world, uh, uncommitted heart, but Abram he looked through eyes that were connected to commitment, spiritual heart, if you will. Lot may have taken the best of the land, but Abram was about to get everything that God had entrusted him to. Let me say this, uh, uh, friends, those who walk with their faith in God and their heart centered in his will will never, 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 never have to fear that they will lose anything. Because if you are willing to walk in faith, God honors the faith of his people. God honors it when men and women of God when they step out in faith uh, and they claim what God has promised them and when things look bad and the odds look against them, they keep trusting Him and they keep walking forward. God honors that. That's why Jesus said, as a mustard seed, He says you don't got to have a whole lot, but if you walk in what I give you, it'll be plenty enough. God promise to Abraham was full of blessings here. His promises are full of blessings to Abram. So uh, I want you to see the confirmation, but I want you to see what these promises was. Number one, it was a promise of land. Lot chose the best, Abram got the rest. The land was the prize for his faith. 
It was because of his character. It was because of what Abram had chose. It was because of him following God that God was able to bless him with more and more and more and more. The prize was by walking in faith. I want to encourage every child of God in this house tonight. There is a land that the Lord has promised for you and me, for those that endure to the end. I read the back of the book and John the Revelator, he said it this way. He says, now I say, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there were no more seas. And then he says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming out of heaven from for God had prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. He says, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow. There shall be no more crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. You skip down to verse number 10 there and he says, he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as a crystal. Skip down to verse 21. He says that the streets were pure gold, but he says he saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. He says there's going to be no moon. He says there's going to be no sun because the Lamb is going to be the only light we're going to need. In chapter number 22, he says this. He saw a pure river of water. It was the water of life. It was as a crystal. We have a promised place, child of God. We've got a land that God has promised to give you and I for those that endure to the end. He promised Abram a land, a place. Everywhere he looked was his. You may think the devil's winning tonight. And you may feel like everybody in the world's against you tonight. And you may feel like you can't make it tonight. But I want you to understand. He said everywhere you look is yours. There is a place prepared for the children of God. And there's going to come a day. You say, preacher, you believe in this? Absolutely. If I didn't, if I, if I, I wouldn't preach it if I didn't believe it. I believe oh, one day and it's going to be soon. I don't know the time. I don't know the hour. I don't know the date. But I know the Bible tells me that God himself's going to look over at his son. And he's going to say, it's about time you go get the children. Hallelujah. And it says he's going to step out on a cloud. And he's going to sound the trumpet. And boy, it's going to split the eastern skies open and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and then uh, you and I that remained, uh, we're going to meet them in the air. I say hallelujah. We've got a place to go. We've got a land to be at. Uh, this is not my home. The devil can have it. The hellions can have it. The moths can have it. The rust can have it. Boy, I'm going to be with my Jesus. 
said, everywhere you see, Abram, it's yours. I just feel like preaching that for a minute tonight. Listen here. We've letting the devil and its crowd take over everything. It's about time we start getting it back. Because it was never promised to him. But it was promised to you and I. I'm talking about, yeah, take the rainbow back. That's a promise of God. It don't mean what everybody else is saying. I know it's not, uh, somebody ain't going to like that. But guess what? That's the way it is. I'm sorry. It's time the children of God take what God has promised them back. You say, but preacher... The devil is the prince of this world. Yes, but I know the king and I know the alpha and I know the omega and I know the one who's in control. I know the one that's in charge. Child of God, rise up, rise up. Don't let the devil take anything else from you. He promised him the end, but he also promised him a legacy. Look at verse number 16. He says, and I'm going to make your descendants as the dust of the earth. God promised that there would be a multitude of offspring from Abram. Now, you've got to understand, there's not a doubt in my mind that this was a sore spot to Abram. Because Abram has not, not, he don't have any children at this time. Matter of fact, God has earlier promised Abram children. But guess what? Abram's already 75 plus. Time's a ticking, if you know what I mean. It just goes to show you, you ain't done till God's done. <laughs> but he says, I'm going to give you a legacy, Abram. To the people of that era... Many children were a sign of a blessing from God. If you looked up Psalm 127, you would know all about it. It tells us that the children were blessings. from, And the more children you had in those days, it seemed that God blessed you more. Even his name was a mockery to him, Abram. You know what Abram means in the original text? It means exalted father. And here, this exalted father has no children. This exalted father has no kids. However, God's promise is that Abram will leave a legacy to his children. So many will descend from him that their number, he says, will be beyond countable. That has Literally come to pass today. God wants to do the same thing for you and I. Understand, He wants to multiply our faith. He wants to use us to reach other, others for His glory. We can have a legacy of spiritual children behind for the glory of God. Uh, what do you mean, preacher? Every one of us tonight needs a spiritual child, one, two, or ten. We need uh, somebody we're raising up in the Lord. We need, Boy, I'm glad I got some spiritual fathers uh, that took care of me in the faith. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, every week uh, I call a couple of spiritual fathers. I called one this afternoon and said, what do I need to do about 
about this. Uh, and he said, here's some advice. Uh, let me tell you, we need spiritual fathers and we need spiritual sons. He said, you're going to leave a legacy. Let me say this tonight. You're going to leave a legacy. It's either going to be good or bad. But do me a favor. Don't make the preacher stand over your casket and lie. Don't make the preacher stand over your casket and say things that it's not true. Leave a legacy that is rewarding of what God has done in your life. Leave a legacy that everybody knows. He promised him a legacy. He promised him children upon children upon. But notice this. He promised him length. What do you mean, preacher, length? Look at verse 15. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. <laughs> God promised Promised Abram uh, uh, is one that will never end. Notice he says, there is no strings attached. God is going to do this thing for his own reasons. It is a promise. Uh, it is an eternal promise to him that the land that they're fighting over this evening in Israel and in the Middle East, can I tell you who it belongs to tonight? It belongs to Abram's descendants. The land, the Middle East has been fighting ever since this day. And bless God, uh, God's already settled it who it belongs to. It belongs to Abram's descendants. Notice this, the redeemed, the redeemed tonight, we are partakers of that promise. Our salvation, our heavenly home, our Father's love, all of these things tonight, they are promises that belong to those that are saved by the grace of God. Promised. He promised him length, but then he promised him uh, notice when the promises were going to come. Watch this. God promised came to Abram after he was separated from Lot. Yeah. Now I said this earlier. Lot represented worldliness. Lot represented lack of commitment to the things of God. When that distraction was removed from Abram's life, Abram heard from the Lord. I want you to know tonight, separation from people, separation from things, separation is never an easy thing. But if you expect to hear from God, if you expect the Lord to bless, if you expect the Lord to show, if you expect the Lord to do great and mighty things in your life, you've got to put things that are hindering you behind you. You've got to put things that are keeping you away from the blessings of God away from you. You've got to get it out. The promise came after Lot was separated. Let me ask you something. Did you ever notice that these promises now, they're the same promises that Abram was given earlier. They're just of more power now. Yeah. <laughs> Genesis 12, 2 and 7. Are, 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 the, the first of the promises concerning the seed of the land now these promises are, are, are amplified. They're, 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 they're enlarged. 
this is how the Lord always works with his people. You see, I want to help somebody right here. The walk of faith is a walk of progression. In other words, as we walk in obedience to what he has already revealed, he begins to show us more and more and more and more and more. In other words, you're walking along and God, you're walking along in faith, God begins to bless you a little bit here and a little bit there. But the more you keep walking in faith, the more you keep doing the things that God's leading you to do, the more the blessings open up in your life. You want to know, oh, I'm always reminded of those that walk in faith and always do more and more and more and more and how God opens the windows of heaven and he blesses them and you look and you say I don't know why the power of God rests upon them I don't know why God uses them the way he does well let me tell you I know why when you walk in surrenderance and you walk in faith God will do great and mighty things through you I love reading stories about folks. One of my favorites, I was talking about him earlier, the owner of Caterpillar. The equipment and all that. Uh, the story goes that he gives God the 90 and he lives off the 10. And that's probably pretty easy for a multimillionaire, I get that. But he wasn't always a multimillionaire, Daryl. But the story goes that ever since he's been in business, he gave God 90 and he kept the 10. What do you mean? He walked in faith. He walked in faith. He walked in faith, trusting God. The promise came when he separated. The promise came when he continued uh, to walk in faith. <clears throat> Number two tonight, you look with me. I want to see the command, uh, the command to God's worker. Now, this is a command that we get. After the promise has been given, a call to obedience is now issued. This is always the way God works. His promises are always occupied. They always come with a command. In other words, it's this. If you'll do this, I'll do that. If you'll do this, I will do that. This is good and right. If we want his best, we've got to be willing to follow him. So what is his commands? First of all, he gave him a command to rise up. Abram is called upon to get up and to go with God. He's been challenged to deeper his walk with God. God is looking for people who will simply walk with him. Micah 6 and 8 says, uh, 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 now, now sadly, many believers are just sitting around and not walking with him by faith. Uh, uh, but God is looking for people that will rise up uh, and not just sit, but they'll walk in faith. Romans 13 has a word about faith for you. His command is to rise up. Look north, look west, look east, look south. Everything is yours, but you've got to rise up. Child of God, listen to me tonight. It's the same issue for you and I. It's already been given. But we've got to rise up. It's already been given. The victory's already been won. But we've got to rise up. 
You know, I believe when Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, I believe that. You know why I believe that? Because if you look at it, if you look at that, the text is not saying that we're sitting back and waiting for the gates of hell to come get us. The text is saying that you and I should be running against the gates of hell. In other words, the, the devil shouldn't be pushing us back. The children of God ought to be pushing him back. I got to hurry. The commands was a command for him to rise up, to live in faith, to walk in faith. But it was a command to review. Abram is commanded to get up, to walk up and down all over the land that he's been given. He is to try and see it all. <laughs> As believers, we need to take the time to review all that we have in Jesus Christ. <laughs> We need to take time to walk it and to look it over real good. Because I can promise you this. If you'll read and we'll get inside of this blessed book. If you want to get into the Ephesians chapter number 3. If you want to get into Philippians chapter number 3. If you want to get into Ephesians chapter number 1. If you want to look and see what God has bestowed upon us. Let me tell you tonight, if you'll get that and you'll read it and you'll walk all over it, you'll find victory no matter what you're going through. But here's the problem. We read it, we know it, but for some reason we just don't believe it. And tell you how I know we don't believe it? Because we walk around defeated. We walk around defeated. We all have ups and downs. Don't get me wrong. You know, God is a God. God is real big on control. Watch this now. I'm going somewhere. Emotions are are, are there for a reason. It's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to feel heartbrokenness. As long as it don't control you. There ain't but one thing supposed to control you. And that's the spirit of God. When the spirit of God control, It's okay to get upset. But when the spirit of God controls you. You don't lash out. Oh help me Jesus. When the spirit of God controls you. You don't go on a. Eight week depression binge. Why? Because you're controlled by the spirit of God. When the spirit of God controls you. You don't cuss a little cashier out because she can't ring your grocery up fast enough. When the Spirit of God controls you, there is no, I might go to church today. Oh, hallelujah. When the Spirit of God controls you, you're going to be there. <laughs> I got a little sore throat. I think I need to stay home. Bless God. Get in the house of God. Oh, preacher. I move on, preacher. I had to get that nugget out of the way. He was commanded to review, to look at everything that he had been given. Boy, we got some spiritual possessions to look at tonight. He was commanded to receive. This is the big part right here. I should have led with this. Because you can rise up all day long. You can review it all day long. 
But if you don't receive it, it ain't going to do you a bit of good. As Abram journeyed, he was to live as though he carried the deed in his hand. Boy, that sounds an awfully lot like something Jesus tells me in the New Testament. He says, when you pray, get up as if you already got it. Somebody needs to say hallelujah. <laughs> as you already got it. He says, when you get up, you don't need to get up and wonder, is God going to give it? You don't need to get up and wonder, is God going to do it? He says, when you get up from that time of prayer, go ahead and walk because God is going to give it to you eventually. Walk like you've already got it. Same thing he tells Abram right here. He said, you walk this land like you got the deed in your hand, son. <laughs> Abram was to accept it by faith. Accept it by faith. He's on a spiritual journey. And church, we're on a spiritual journey. And there's a lot we've got to accept by faith. And lastly tonight... There was a consecration, consecration to God's will. Look at verse number 18, and I, I'll hush my mouth. Then Abram moved his tent. You need to underline that word moved if you write in your Bible. He moved his tent. Some of us ain't willing to move our tents, but we'll, we'll preach on that another day. He moved his tent and went and he dwelt. By these trees. Now notice this. He had action. When the Lord spoke, Abram responded in action. As this old man traveled around the country, he was looking at more than just mountains. He was looking at valleys. He was looking at rivers. He was looking at streams. He was looking at lakes. He was looking for a place to settle down forever. Hebrews 11 tells us that Abram had his sights set just a little higher than Canaan. He was looking for heaven. He was looking for a land whose builder and maker was God. He had action when God spoke. Let me ask you tonight. When God speaks, is there action behind you? In other words, are you living in obedience to God? You see his action, but you see his association. The Bible tells us that Abram moved... <clears throat> To Hebron. Those two names are they're, they're, they're filled with meaning. Mamari means fatness. That's the uh, what the word means. And Hebron means fellowship. The idea is that Abram has settled down in a place of blessing and a place of closeness to God. He sat down in a fat place where he had fellowship with God. Hallelujah. He's living a life of close fellowship. And then we see Abram's worship. Abram does not does again what he's done over and over and over and over. He builds an altar. 
verse 18, the latter part of it, and it says, He built an altar there to the Lord. It become a place of worship for him. A life that is lived in communion with God is a life God can bless. He desires that every one of us be in a place where we love him more than anything else in the world. He wants us to acknowledge him. He wants us to exalt him. He wants us to love him. He desires our worship of him. And God, listen, God is absolutely self-sufficient. He doesn't need us. He don't need anything. But he does want us. He does want us. And boy, that's precious tonight. To know that the Alpha and the Omega, more than anything else, he just wants me. So let me close with this. Where are you in your relationship with God tonight? Are you close as you should be? Are you growing deeper and deeper each day in the things of God? Let me tell you this. If you're not growing deeper in the things of God, there's only two other options. You're either backing up or you're stagnant. Neither one of them are acceptable in the sight of God. You're either st- you can tell you why. God, I gotta, I gotta, I'm trying. This is a catchphrase of mine. Stagnant Christians stink. Stagnant, it's like water that sets, Dennis. You have all kind of bugs in it and it stinks. There's some Christian lives, and when they get stagnant, they stink. They look for reasons to fuss. They, they look for something to get mad about. I can promise you, you look hard enough, you find something. You find something to get mad about. <clears throat> Abraham was growing in God's grace. God was promising Abraham things. Abraham was taking action to him. Are you growing tonight? When he speaks to you, do you move? Are you concerned with strengthening your fellowship with him day by day? Those are hard questions to face. Those are hard questions to hear. But they reveal a lot about our condition and our relationship with God tonight. I want to say, let us determine, just like Abram, that our life will be characterized by our altars. Our life will be characterized by our obedience. And our life will be characterized by when God speaks, we jump. I'm going to ask you to stand tonight. <clears throat> every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to open up these altars for a time of invitation. We started this message off with asking the question, have you ever felt like, like things just wasn't going your way and you was taken advantage of and all of these things? 
Let me ask you tonight. Maybe that is you. And maybe I'm preaching to you tonight. Maybe you do just need some encouragement that, that, that God's promised you what's north, south, east, and west. Maybe that's you. But maybe, just maybe, I'm preaching to one tonight. Maybe, just maybe, that, that, that you've, you're, 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 you've got to make a decision tonight that you're going to be committed to grow. Maybe you're not growing. Maybe there's just some issues you need to take care of. I want you to know tonight that, 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 that God's here to meet every need. Every need in your life, God's here to meet. If you'll come to Him, He'll come to you. If you'll receive what He's got for you, it'll bless you. It'll help you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your renewed promises. God, I'm thankful tonight that when I get on my own pity pot, and God, there is times that you know that I get on it. There's times, Lord, where I feel like the entire world is against me. And there's times, Lord, where I feel like nothing's going my way. And there's time, Lord, when I look around and I say, why is his church full? Why is their church full? Why is this going on? Why do they have this and why do they have that? God, there's times that we all are filled with jealousy. There's times we're all filled with pride. God, there's times that we all are just in a way. But God, I'm thankful tonight that when I get in those pity pot moments, you have a precious promise. God, that everything north, south, east, and west, God, it belongs not only to you, but to me. God, you've promised it. You'd bless it. God, help me to always remember, help this congregation, your people to remember, for the devil does not own or control anything. You're in control. God, help us to walk in faith. Help us to step out in faith. Help us to trust you when the odds look not good. Help us to trust you. Father, speak to hearts in this place tonight. Change lives in Jesus' name. Amen. You got a need tonight.